0: I want to remind the church that on Wednesday, we had Worship Wednesday. And I know that things have been pretty rough, traffic and so on. But those of you that were here, you know that something happened. Total worship that unlocks good news. And I, I, I've i been hearing some testimonies. And the people that have the testimonies will come up on the stage. And will share their testimony in good time. But can we celebrate the Lord? For... An hour of total worship, unlocking good news. And I want, to, I want to plead with you. This is not the season of complaining. It's the season of worship. Because worship will unlock the good news. Because God has spoken good news, but we found from the scriptures, there are principalities and powers that lock down and lock up good news. But every good news that belongs to us will be unchained and locked in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And perhaps this is the best time for me to announce to you also that a two Wednesdays from now, I believe on the 30th of October, we're going to wrap up the month of October with Warfare Wednesday. Warfare Wednesday. On that day, the theme will be handing over your battles to the Lord. I don't think you heard me. Handing over your battles to the Lord. <laughs> You know, when God says, hand it over to me, something is about to happen. Any problem, anybody that is your problem, on that Wednesday, God is going to take over that battle as we gather together and lift up our voices to the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Chronicles 20 and verse 15, the New Century Version says, The Lord says to you, don't be afraid, do not be discouraged. The battle is not your battle. It is God's. Will somebody show some excitement? And just, God is saying, the battle is not your battle. You know what that means? God is saying, I have seen your effort to try to solve it yourself. And you know what God is saying? He says, step out of the way. Let me do the job. It is a man's job and God is the man of war. Somebody give the Lord some praise handing over your battles to the Lord. I want you to pray ahead. I want you to get excited. I want you to invite someone because you know, there's a way I can fight a battle, but I am nothing like the Lord. And God is saying, step out of the way. Let me take over the matter for you. Who is glad to hear this news? You know, God never fails. God never fails. So on the 30th, come believing. I know that the devil is going to do something about the traffic. I know. But you are not very conscious. It's probably going to be rain and so on. So plan ahead to say whatever is going to happen. I am not going to let it stop me. And the Lord will help each and every one of us in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Again, I reiterate on behalf of the pastor that we really feel very pained. Some of our brethren lost a lot of the properties, some people, maybe their car, the engine knocked, and some people, you know, couldn't go home to sleep. Every time something happens and you hear good, uh, tough news, let us pray for those who are so challenged. Some people may not come to church today. They're not being lazy like some people. Some people act as if they're salt or they're sugar, a little rain, and they stay in bed. But some people just can't come. May the Lord help them to recover their losses in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Now, let me um, let the church know something. Towards the end, Satan is going to make things tough. That's what the Bible says. He's going to make it really tough. So if tough is going to make you quit, you might as well quit now. But I want someone to look at me and say, I ain't quitting. I'm going to stay till the end. You know, this this journey of Christianity is not for quitters, it's for desperados. You're going to hold on to the Lord, believing to the end. Glory be to God. And help is on the way. I said help is on the way. In Jesus' name. Now we want to go into the word. I want you to stand. I have a few minutes to bring the word of the Lord to you. And the Bible says, draw near to hear." when you make it through all the traffic and the rain in the house of the Lord. Otherwise, you give the sacrifice of fools. God does nothing except according to his word. The words he speaks turns things around for those that have ears. And today, I want to speak to you from the word of God. I'll take my text on Psalm 73 verse 24. I read from the New Living Translation of the Bible, Psalm 73 and verse 24, the New Living Translation. The Bible says in that text, You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. This morning, the Lord will have me speak to you on the subject of destiny. A lot of people, at this point in time, just struggle with just coping with life. A lot of people are not even thinking of destiny anymore. A lot of people are just thinking survival. God did not save you to survive. He saved you according to a predestination, which talks about destiny in Christ. The Bible says you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Father, this morning, as I bring the word of the Lord to the people of God, enlarge our hearts, help us to lift up our eyes beyond existence. Lift up our hearts beyond surviving. Lift up our eyes to the God who makes the hills and the mountains. The God of predestination that forespeaks or foretells about our destiny. That we will not be so caught up in managing this life that we miss destiny. Give us understanding, O God. Let the pieces fall into place. Let it galvanize our faith. Let us see that God has a plan for us. Let us tap into the plan and things begin to turn around for good. Let your name be glorified, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We seem to be having some trouble with a multimedia, but just stay with me. A long time ago, I, I preached a sermon, um, Destiny Calls. The slide was up on, on the screen a minute ago. I'd rather have no video at all. I want you to pay attention to the word. I, I don't care about the video. I care about the word. So, I preach a sermon, destiny calls. Help me tap your neighbor say, destiny is calling. Tell your neighbor, destiny is knocking on your door. Tell your, tell your neighbor, say, stop worrying about survival. Destiny is knocking on your door. Stop worrying about managing. Destiny is here. Glory to God. So, on that time this was a slide I used. This is about seven years ago, destiny calls. But can I engage you this morning? How many times in the last one month have you thought of your destiny? I don't mean to be bad. I just, it's a wake up call. God did not save you and I to survive. You can survive without God. People are surviving. God did not raise you to manage to just put ends together. No, you can do that without God. Bible says, those he foreknew, he called, and he predestined them. When he, when he saved you, he plotted a graph where you should end up, a glorious destiny. Nobody said amen. amen. The psalmist said in Psalm 73 verse 24, it's up on the screen. You guide me with your counsel. Leading me to what? A glorious destiny. Destiny is beyond what men call success. You can seem to be successful before man, but you never made destiny. Salvation should culminate in Destiny. Salvation does not culminate or does not end in success. That is what ordinary men preach. Those he foreknew, he predestined. From the word predestined, you get the word destiny. And I'm saying there's a wake up call to say don't be like the mule. Don't be like the donkey that is, co- that is controlled by carrots. They just want to eat. They just want to survive. You are called you were raised, you were blessed unto a predestination in Christ. But it's not a destination you get to just by walking like mere men. The psalmist said, you guide me with your counsel. How many people are hearing the counsel of God these days? They're teaching people steps to make it. Steps, that's okay. But after you make it, it doesn't mean you made destiny. Let me give you an example. There was a man called Esau. The birth of everybody is not chosen by the person. The number you are in your family, you did not pick it. Whether you're the firstborn, like me, I'm the first son, I did not pick it. God picks my sex, who I'm born to, when I'm born, and my order of birth. Esau was meant to be number one. He was one. in fact when it was time to be born, they were struggling. I will go out first. You go out first. Esau came out. So he was the firstborn. According to Jewish custom, he inherits everything. That was his destiny. One day, because he was hungry, he wanted to survive. One day, because he has a need, he wanted the need to be met. One day, he was traumatized. He wanted to escape the trauma. And he did not understand that survival and destiny are not the same thing. That you can't even put them near each other. He said to himself, what does my destiny matter? I want to survive what I'm going through. Can somebody hear me? Somebody going through something, can you hear me? Somebody that has a need, can you hear me? He said, what does it matter to me? The Bible says in Hebrews 12 and verse 16, it said, do not be like Esau, who for a passing need, a temporary trauma, forsook his birthright. He sold it to solve a problem. Many people are solving a problem At the expense of God now. Many people feel they need to do what they need to do because of what they're going through. At the expense of God. God did not say a word in that text. He never said anything. He let the transaction go through. When Esau wanted destiny back, Bible says it was not allowed. He sought it with tears. God said no. Anybody that is fool enough not to take their seriously, God calls them profane. There's no room for repentance for such people. Church, there is something called destiny. It is beyond success. The merchants of success in church should cool down because they're leading people the wrong way. You can be a success in the eyes of man and you're a failure before God. Because that which is highly exalted amongst men is an abomination in the sight of God. Somebody say destiny. Somebody say, I won't miss my destiny. You make destiny by allowing yourself to be guided. Because the psalmist says, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. You make destiny by allowing yourself to be guided by the counsel and the instructions of God. Can I tell you another story? There's a man called Joseph. He had a destiny to be the greatest of the 12 sons. At one time, he got into trouble. It was not even his fault. Can I tell you something? A lot of people are very needy. A lot of people are in trouble, but it doesn't make them fools. It doesn't make them sinners because bad things still happen to good people. He ended up in jail. We know he wasn't meant to be in jail. When the jail sentence did not abate despite his prayers, he called his friend and said, you know what? This destiny of being the greatest, I don't know about it anymore. Get me out. Just use your connection to get me out. Which means I get off the rail track of destiny. And I drift into oblivion. Because if he left jail, where was he going? He was meant to head in the head towards the palace. He couldn't wait anymore. But thank God, God blocked that move. If anybody here is making the wrong move, may God block it. Because when the time came, Bible says Pharaoh sent for him. And Pharaoh had all the wise men in Egypt say, Can we find any man like this? They all agreed unanimously, we cannot find a fugitive, an illegal immigrant with no papers, was appointed the prime minister. Pharaoh said, From today, nobody lifts a hand without you. Only in the order of ceremony am I ahead of you? Bring out the number two chariot, let him ride it. And when he's passing, let everybody bow. That was destiny. Through pain, he wanted to settle for something else. Tell somebody you know. Don't let the pressure of today make you become like Esau. He said, let no one be found to be profane like Esau. For a passing need will release destiny somebody here, your destiny is greater than what you're facing. And God is committed to your destiny. If you allow him to guide you. May none of us miss our destiny in Jesus' name. Give me the definition of destiny in the second slide. I want to move quickly. Are you with me this morning? When the psalmist says, I will lift my eyes beyond the hills. The hills talk about mountainous problems. I will lift my eyes, oh, beyond the hills, oh, I will lift my eyes because if I keep looking at my problems, I will sell out on my destiny. It's a destiny is the future or the end to which a person is destined or predestined or appointed or pre-appointed. It is the direction everybody should be heading. What happens many times is you see people going on a good road when they see traffic, not knowing that the traffic is just a broken down truck, that they will soon move, they they turn off the road. And many times they turn into trouble. A dead end. Where you were before was just a a log jam. Just a temporary hitch. And you're going to go. You turn and you enter a dead end. And you know when you enter a dead end, people follow you. So they block it, nobody can go out. Is somebody glad to be in church this morning? The future or the end to which a person is destined or appointed. Can I tell you something, child of God? You are appointed, you have an appointment with greatness. Only one person said amen. (laughs) And when God appoints you unto greatness, it has nothing to do with where you're coming from. God is not intimidated by what you don't have. He's not even intimidated by what you did in your past. God starts afresh with you and God waits at the finishing point. God, when God says something here, He's waiting at the finishing point. I pray that we will make it there in Jesus' name. He says He guides me with His counsel onto a glorious destiny. I don't need to talk about the word glorious. Glorious in the sight of God means really glorious. I pray we won't settle for crumbs when we're supposed to have the bread. In Jesus' name we pray. I, I, I want you to know the things that, will, that it takes to make destiny. What it takes to make destiny. You've heard the definition of destiny. What it takes to make destiny. There are a few types of people you're going to meet on the way to destiny. And I want to prepare your mind because you may have goofed some of them. The people you meet on the way to destiny and the people you need on your way to destiny. I'll say that again. There are people you will meet on the way to destiny and there are people you will need if you're going to make it to destiny. Some of the people you meet on your way to destiny are called destiny killers. Destiny killers, you're going to meet them. Everybody's going to meet them. I pray that we'll recognize them in Jesus' name. Like Joseph's brothers, if multimedia will just switch to uh, scripture for me quickly. In Genesis 37 and verse 20. Genesis 37 and verse 20. Joseph was born by appointment of God unto an amazing destiny. As a matter of fact, Joseph is the only character that is a, a kind of Christ in almost every way of the Messiah that will come in the New Testament. I'll I'll explain that to you. Joseph's birth was miraculous. Bible says mother was barren. Hallelujah. Yet he was born. Just like Jesus was born, immaculate conception. Jesus had a destiny that didn't make any sense. Joseph had a destiny nobody could understand. Even the father said stop saying it. Jesus, because of his destiny, ended up in the cave. They locked the gate. They sealed it. Joseph ended up in jail. They locked the gate and they threw away the keys. And they thought he won't come out. He came out of jail in style. Jesus came out of the grave in style. Joseph brought out the whole of his family from destitution. And opened the door to Goshen the best of Egypt. At the time, the whole world had no food to eat. The Bible says, he said to them, you would not you would not need, I will provide for you. All the years of this famine. That's what Jesus said. He opened the gates of heaven so that we can come in. Joseph was just like Jesus Christ. He did not account the sin of his brothers who told him into slavery. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. What are your hands doing? But Jesus met the destiny killers. I thought my brothers are supposed to love me. But a man's enemies are usually those of his own household. Genesis 37 and verse 20. They said, now therefore let us now kill him. And cast him into a pit. <laughs> and we shall say so why Aliman we we shall see what will become of his dreams or his destiny the assault was against his destiny the message Bible give me the message Bible very quickly very quickly verse 20 I need somebody up there please verse 20. Say, let's kill him and throw him into one of these old cisterns. We can say that a vicious animal ate him up. We shall see. Come on now. Read with me. We shall see what his dreams amounts to. We shall see what the destiny in Christ will amount to. Destiny killers. Why don't you lift up your hand to God? Because when, what do we do about destiny killers? I call them DKs. I have an acronym for all of them. What shall we do about DKs? Because if their threats carry through, there will be no story of charm for for Joseph. Father, we lift up our hands knowing that we are predestined unto a glorious destiny in Christ. But we realize that there may be people close to us that will be the DKs in our lives. The destiny killers, Father, may their enterprise be frustrated from above in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Joseph made it past all the decays, Lord will make it past all the decays on assignment against our future and our destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. What do we do about decays? If nobody told us about them, we will embrace them. We will tell them. He was one that told them his destiny. And look at what they did about it. And when they did it, they thought that was the end. May, may I pray for somebody who has fallen victim. May God resurrect you from the dead. May your destiny be resurrected in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are also the people who we'll meet on the way to destiny, <laughs> not the people we need. The people we'll meet, I'll get to the people we need. The people we we'll meet, another set of people called destiny swappers. They switch destinies. Even when Jesus was born, they saw his star. How many of you know you have a bright star? May God blind all the star readers in the name of Jesus. Destiny swappers like Laban and Leah. It took an unholy alliance to try to swap the destiny of Jacob. Can I tell you, Jacob was meant to have a son called Joseph. And the first 10 sons, if you added them together, was not equal to one Joseph. So a number 11 became number one. One plus plus 1 is still 1. Leah was going to produce eight, no, six sons and the two house girls produced two more sons. Listen, at that point in time, Joseph could have felt, I mean, Jacob would have felt, at least I have ten sons. But the ten sons will have died in the famine. The future of of Jacob was in Joseph. And when I say don't settle for success, yes, he got married. Yes, he had sons. But success is not equal to destiny. His destiny was in Joseph. Are you listening to me? So all the transactions people are offering you. Don't be a fool. Jacob was not a fool. That's why when they switched destiny, brought the fake wife for him, he stayed back and still worked another seven years, knowing that success is not the same as destiny. If it's just to get married, if it's just to have sons... Why would they waste another seven years? He was not like Esau. Esau did not go further. I pray that none of us be like, why do you think the Bible says God says, Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. Jacob understood destiny. When they switched his wife, and the Bible says she started having children, pam, 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 easily. He could have said, what is it? Before they finished in seven years, he had had, she had had four or six sons. If he was like you and I, that we measure success by the basic things everybody has, there's no need for him to go on. Now I can hear a a pin drop. That means you're listening. The devil is a liar. All the destiny swappers in our lives, they will fail in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give me the message Bible. Let me show you something. Genesis 29 verse 23. Genesis 29 verse 23. Okay. The Bible says in at evening, though he got his daughter, at evening though, at evening though, which means Wahala don't start, he got his daughter Leah and brought her to the marriage bed. He didn't bring her to the door. As we used to read, he put her under the duvet. Switch off the light. Because if he brought her to the door, maybe the way she walks will have given her away. He brought his daughter Leah to the marriage bed, waiting, some papa to bring the wife inside the bedroom. Destiny swapped. May thunder wire (laughs) them. And so Jacob came out of the bathroom, his brother just jumped to the bed and said, hallelujah, I've been waiting seven years. Oh, parry. You know when you're so hungry, you don't even taste the food. You just swallow it. It is after your salad if you solid a few. Say, wait a that. You know what I'm talking about now. And Jacob slept with her. Verse 25. I'm going to read 25 to 27. Stay with me. Morning came. There was Leah in the marriage bed. The first time he encountered it was not outside. was not in the city. It was inside the bed. Jacob confronted Laban. Why have you done this to me? Didn't I work all the time for the hand of Rachel? He knew destiny was in Rachel. Some of you just rush around the place. Anything that looks, uh, fits right. You say, is okay. No, no, no. Your destiny is always in a particular place. I don't care about look-alikes or sound-alikes. If not, Pekin. Leafi born Pekin. But destiny may look barren, but destiny will not remain barren. Once has God spoken twice, have I had the power to appoint destiny and to make destiny happen belongs to God. Why did you cheat me? Verse 26. I want you to stay with me. Why did you cheat me? Listen to this. Destiny swappers, DSs. It sounds like DSs. Department of Secrets. <laughs> DSs, this is what they say. We don't do it like that in we country. Can you imagine? When he confronted him, he said, we don't do it like that for we country. Laban said, we don't marry off the younger daughter before the old. When I was pursuing her, when you told me to be working for several years, you had the opportunity to tell me, you did not tell me. Destiny swappers are evil doers. May thunder wire them. <laughs> May the Lord deal with them. All the time he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted Jacob to be stuck with a person that cannot produce the Jesus of the Old Testament. Having something is not the same as having the right thing. Let me say that again. Having something is not the same as having the right thing or the blessed thing. You know today, they tell us, hey, just pray, just have it, just get married, just say, now lie. Having something is not the same as having the right thing. Verse 27, enjoy your week of honeymoon and that will give you the other one too, but it will cost you another seven years of work. Let me come close to you. If this was you, you slept with Leah. Do you know that Jacob didn't say she didn't perform? He didn't say that. He didn't say the thing not good though. At that point in time, you think to yourself, Well, another seven years. she be not one. They, they sister herself. So they have the same DNA. And she feel born anyway. Waiting constant government. I be in that seven years, I feel go do something else. That is a rational thinking. But God says, Jacob, I have loved. Jacob has sense. I wish all of us will develop sense. In all his going, the day he met Rachel, he felt a connection. There is something in my predestination that's connected to this woman. That was what made him. Whether I'm married, I have sons or not, I will still stay to pursue destiny. An accident has happened to me. I have some overload. I have some excess baggage, but God has not disqualified me. It may look like I'm seven years behind schedule. Some people are seven years ahead of me. But in the end, it will not matter. Because one Joseph is more than ten sons. Oh, somebody give me some. Give the Lord some praise. Just, 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 just because it looks like some people tricked you. Some destiny suppers got in your way. And you are not exactly where your mates are. Does not mean. And do not ever forget that. All the ten sons needed Joseph. He says, I will feed you, your wives, your servants, even your cattle. You don't have to die. And I will not even account your sins against you. That's how much superior destiny is over ordinary things. May we not miss a destiny in the name of Jesus. What do we do about DSS? May the Lord frustrate the enterprise of all the destiny swappers around us in the name of Jesus. Even if they seem to succeed at the beginning, may the Lord do a new thing concerning our life. Bible says, behold, I will do a new thing. Will you not see it? It says it will, it will spring forth. Destiny swappers think it is done. Listen, Laban thought it was done. You see, but when God is with a man and the man chooses to be with God because it is one thing for God to be with you, it's another thing for you to be with God. When God is with a man and the man is with God, listen, you can never write the man out. You can never write the woman out. They swapped the wives. They, they, they thought that was the end. But the man who knows that you guide me with your counsel onto a glorious destiny will never stop there. Too many people have stopped there. So destiny is now written off. Failure is allowed. Struggle is allowed. But the worst catastrophe that can happen to a believer is when you miss destiny. Don't be profane like Esau. A little need and you sacrifice destiny. You see, God, people don't know that God likes wise men. He always has a problem with foolish people. They make foolish choices all the time. But wisdom is being spoken, and that's why we come to church, and we're going to make it in Jesus' name. There are people we meet, but there are also people we need. We need destiny helpers. Someone lift up your hand and say, Lord... Ah, this glorious destiny! I need helpers, Lord. Send me helpers—able helpers, willing helpers. Us. Help us like the mother of Jesus in Cana of Galilee at the wedding. Help us that will do the will of God. Help us that will not take insults and turn around. Help us that, as resolute, they will get the job done. Send us destiny helpers in Jesus' name. Saul was a man who was going to come from nothing to become the greatest. And the only thing that was left was a helper at the point in time he could not find his father's donkeys and he was going to go back to his small boy position. Even though he was a giant by nature, he was tall, he was the most handsome man, he was a son of a very rich man. He was just going to live and die as a small boy under the shadow of his father at the moment. Destiny was hanging. But thank God he chose the right man on that day. May we not be with a fool on the day destiny comes knocking in the name of Jesus. Even though the man was a servant, listen, how great you are, it does not reside in what is in your pocket. How great you are resides in your heart. A rich man may have been there that day and put nothing down. A poor bird who was a servant. He said, let's not go back. Ah, perhaps the man of God will have something to say to us. He said, I still have some money. I may not have any money left at home, but I have enough money for the job. And my job ain't done until you become king. May God send us destiny helpers in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the size of the dog, but the fight in the dog that matters. Saul was the tallest man, head and shoulders above every other person in the whole of Israel. Saul was a handsome man. He looked like a prince and everything else about him up until that point was a prince and looked like a prince, but a small fool. When destiny came knocking, he wanted to go back. Just like Joseph wanted to go back to his jo- boy boy job. But at that point in time, God sent a destiny. Lord, send us right now. Destiny, help us in the name of Jesus. Multimedia, give me first Samuel chapter 9. First Samuel chapter 9. I want to read verses 5 to 8. I want to read from the New King James version. Uh-huh. When they had come to the land of Zuth. You see, there is a position where destiny will show up. This place was called Zuth. Saul said to his servant, who was with him? You you didn't get that. He didn't say God, um, Saul said to his servant, come let us return. What does the Bible say? Saul said to the servant, who was with him? the helper you need is the one that is with you. That is more than for you, with you. He said to him, come, let us return. Return to what? Return to what? You failed at fighting donkeys, you giant. You know, the reason why we fail in some things is that those things don't matter so that we can face the things that God has equipped us to do. You don't get that. He failed at finding donkeys. That looked bad. But if he found donkeys, he will have long gone home. Sometimes the thing we're trying to succeed at has nothing to do with our destiny. We will always be boy-boy if we succeed at that. So he had to fail at finding donkeys so that he can connect with destiny. Shut up. Failure is not so bad. Maybe you are trying to be a boy-boy. He said, come, let us return to my small boy status. Lest my father cease carry about the donkey and, be, and become worried about us. Come on, let's go on. And he said to him, the servant did not ask for permission to speak. Ordinary servants will ask, can I speak? Or God has made a statement. Let us go. That is an instruction. At that point, listen, a destiny helper, I need a bold destiny helper. Just in case I'm not awake, say, Lord, give me a bold destiny helper. And the man, the servant said to him, look now, there is in this city a man of God and he's an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there perhaps you can show us the way that we should go. Go on, go on. Then Saul said to him, give me a reason why they still shouldn't go. That's why you need a strong destiny helper who will be for you and be with you. He says, but look, if we go, what shall we bring to the man? For the bread and the vessel is all gone and there's no president to bring the man gone. What do we have? Negative. The man spoke again. And the servant answered Saul again. I like that word. Again. You know, sometimes you are anointed. Sometimes you're called unto greatness. Sometimes you have a predestination in Christ, but you lack some things. Let my destiny helper have what I lack. Again, the servant answered Saul and said, look, I have here at hand my ta-ta-ta I don't have it at home I have it at hand May God send us destiny helper that will be ready and waiting and willing to move in the name of Jesus Christ it says, I have it at hand. I don't need a helper that says, I need one week. I don't need a helper that need to, I need to go far. I don't need a helper that says, ah, I wish I brought it. May God send us destiny helper who has what we need at hand in the name of Jesus. It says, I have at hand one fourth of a shekel of silver. And I will give it. I will give it. Not because I asked. Not because I begged. Not because I groveled. Listen, that's what the mother of Jesus did for the bridegroom. He didn't ask her, he didn't beg her, he didn't grovel. Listen, I am tired of helpers. I have to beg you. I have to sing and do a dance for you. You need to go away and make room for my destiny helper who will have what I need at hand, who will use it when God's able to use it. Who doesn't need me to be nice? Who doesn't need me to sing? Lord, send us the right kind of destiny helpers in the name of the Lord Jesus. The destiny helper said, I will give. He said, I will do it by myself. You don't have to ask me. You don't have to agree with me. I know what God has in store for you. I know who you are in Christ. You may not know, but I'm sent to help you. May God has sent us destiny helpers in the name of Jesus. It says, I will, I will give to the man of God to tell us the way. I will do whatever I have to do. I will sacrifice whatever I have to sacrifice. I will go all the way because I know that you have a great destiny in Christ. If you are like me, you are done with helpers that will not help you. Stand to your feet. If you are like me, you are tired of helpers that complain. Stand to your feet. If you are like me, you want the right kind of God ordained helper Destiny helpers, stop your feet. I say, Lord, send me my destiny helpers in the neighbor. I say, say it loud, let heaven hear you. Destiny helpers, where do we find destiny helpers like this man? You know, a real destiny helper will not even take count of the fact that they have nothing left. I'm tired of people, they have... They have 10 million left and yet they won't spend 1000 naira. I'm tired of people, they have 100 strength and they will not even help me with 2 of the 100. We find such destiny helpers in a place like this. Lift up your hands to God, say, Lord, There are people I I meet on the way to destiny. But there are people I need on the way to destiny. Lord, help me deal with those that I meet. But help me uh, connect with those that I need like my destiny helper. Take a moment and pray for yourself. Because right now, something is about to change for better in your life. It changed for Joseph. It uh, It changed for Saul. It is bound to change for you and I as well. And so shall it be for you and I that we will encounter, recognize, and connect, and tap into our destiny helpers in the name of Jesus. You may sit down. I want to try and finish. There's another set of people you need to meet. They're destiny instructors. You guide me with your counsel or you guide me to your instruction onto a glorious destiny. It doesn't make you a fool. Everybody needs a little direction now and then. Hello, somebody. Everybody needs a little help with direction and instruction sometimes. Destiny instructs us like Naomi in the life of Ruth. All the lights had gone out in the life of a young woman. She was a labor woman who was a widow at a young age. Who wants to, their son to marry A woman whose husband died young. The question is, what in Duam. Is something Duam? In Ruth chapter 3, help me quickly. I want to read verses 1 to 4. Ruth connected with a destiny instructor called Naomi. Like the servant, she didn't look qualified. She was too old. She had lost her husband. She had even lost her two sons. So that would be the definition of a loser. Listen, never judge somebody with the seeing of the eye. But with the understanding of the heart. Even Naomi said, what can I do for you? I'm too old to have a son. And even if I have a son, before the son is old enough for you to marry, you said, go down old. But Naomi was exactly like Jacob. She knew that all your disqualification does not matter. The only qualification you need, you already have. So she followed her. Naomi said, go back. He said, no, I'm not going back. Wherever you go, I go. Where you die is where I die. Listen, may you not make the mistake of separating yourself from your destiny helper or your destiny instructor. Otherwise, you just never make it. And the text says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter. That's the voice of recognition. Shall I not seek security or the best or your destiny for you? That it may be well with you. It talks about destiny. Shall I not? Not in chapter 1. Not in chapter 2. Chapter 3. Some of us will be around chapter 1. We cannot hang around halfway through chapter 2 then we go away. Never there at chapter 3. May the Lord give us instruction in Jesus name. May I, shall I not seek security for you that it may be well with you. Verse 2. Now Boaz she mentioned him by name. She was not confused. Whose young women you are with? Is it not our relative? In fact his winning bali tonight at the threshing floor. She had information and she had authority. Therefore, listen to instruction. Think about it. Ordinarily, why should a woman speak to the young woman like that? If not that destiny was knocking on the door, wash yourself and anoint yourself. She you not know the wash before. Oh, this one says it's not like before. Anoint yourself. Listen. Put on what? No, no, no. Put on clothes. Just wear anything where you like. An old woman is saying, put on your best garments and go down to the threshing floor. It's like saying, me, I should put on three pieces with a bow tie, black lace-up shoes. Then I go to the farm to say, let me walk. That is the contradiction between the instruction and the situation. Because God's ways... Are not our own ways. You will guide me with God's counsel. So that I end up in a glorious destiny. It says go down to the fleshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man. Until he has finished eating and drinking. Look at instruction. Generally when a woman is all dressed up and smelling nice. Shaky shaky. She wants to be noticed. He said No, don't be like them. That, they, they are fools. They are just babes. They will never be wife. Those that know me know I'm going somewhere. (laughs) So he said, go there and do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating. She didn't say his name a second time. She said the name once. Once have I spoken. Twice have I heard. I'm speaking today. May you hear me in Jesus' name. And verse 4. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies. Then you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. And he will tell you what you should do. He said, from that point, you don't need anymore. You'll be on autopilot. Somebody, I bring you the word of the Lord. When you get your instruction, you connect with it. From that point, your life will be on sweet autopilot. A place where you can't miss your destination in Christ. A place where you will never have to struggle again. Who am I prophesying to? Let your amen be above every other person's amen. May God connect us with our destiny instructors. Connected to the point that we cannot but be on autopilot the rest of our lives. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Hmm. I'm going to have to stop there today. But I'm not done. I'm so excited for you and myself. But I'm not done. Remember? Naomi followed Ruth. Chapter 1. Up I went back she continued. Chapter 2 she followed Naomi. Chapter 3 was when she got the instruction. Some of you are here today. When I finish this message, I hope you'll be like Naomi to hear the end of the message. Destiny calls and I see magnificent destinies all across this room. I've seen destinies shining sparkling Way beyond whatever you think you are today. Father, may just not remain a heavenly potential. May become an earthly reality. To the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Stand with me to your feet. Help me hold somebody's hands. If you want to clap, go ahead, clap. Just. Help me hold somebody's hands. Another thing about destiny is that our destinies are connected. Pray for yourself. Pray for your brother and your sister. That Lord, we are one body. One loaf. Many pieces, but one loaf. Many parts, but one body. Father, as destiny knocks on the door. Hey, deal with the people we have to meet, but we don't need to meet. Lord manifest people we need on the way to destiny that we don't even know yet for my sister my brother and myself the word of the Lord has come saying there is more beyond success it's called destiny ah it is God that writes the destiny of every child and God is committed to that destiny Pray, pray, Lord, so in your commitment to my destiny, let it not wane. Let it not reduce. Let it be galvanized at this time. Let it go into action at this time. To help me to navigate around those I meet that I don't need. So that I can meet those that I need. And so that it can function in my life. That my destiny will not remain in the heavenly realm. It become my earthly reality pray like your life depends on it because your life depends on it. The kind of good news that comes when destiny arrives is incredible good news, marvelous good news, unspeakable good news. Ah, Oluwai Shano for me. Ah, Oluwai Roti me. Ah, Oluwai Dara laye me. Ah, Olua et, et, e e togbowe fun mi e je ko olua lebro so libra ekre limama li mama zuntia mama e gasko ko lebo bra mama hi kan tabole e zekrele ikabalaziki limama manta galebo ziki, ziki baba Thank you, Lord. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Father, as we heard part one of destiny calls and what it takes for us to make destiny, grant us not to miss part two because every coin has two sides. Otherwise, it's a counterfeit that none of us will be left behind. The songwriter sang today, he says, the God that leaves no one behind. Everyone that has come and everyone that should be here. Those that are listening on Facebook, on Mixer allow howsoever, those that are joining us through the airwaves. May you too don't miss it in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless your holy name. Thank you because destiny is taking shape. Thank you because our divine helpers are being positioned. Not the way we used to pray. We pray with knowledge now. We pray in understanding and wisdom. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. If you have been blessed this morning, let your hands do the speaking.